0: I'm going to be reading today or sharing today from Psalm 42. So if you could open up your Bible to that, that would be great. This is my fourth message on our summer series on the Psalms about the rhythm of life. We're going to explore more about emotions. Who remembers the definition for rhythm or close to the definition for rhythm? I'm going to share it with you anyways it's just it's just like it would be for an instrument a strong regular repeated pattern of movement or sound a strong regular repeated pattern of movement or sound think about how light your life would change if you if you were attached to that strong regular repeated pattern of movement or sound from heaven if you were attached to the rhythm of heaven for your circumstances for your identity for loving the people around you, not having to pull from your own resources, not having to use your own wisdom all the time, not having to use your own emotional energy all the time in your way, solving your own problems, but connected to a sound from heaven. You know, a lot of us are connected to a rhythm, and it's the rhythm of Fox News. It's the rhythm of CNN. It's the rhythm of talk radio, 740 KTRH. I don't even know if that's right it's it's connected to that it's connected it's connected to a rhythm of popular culture and music and sports and i'm not saying don't disconnect from all that but be primarily connected to the rhythm of heaven okay and in psalms it's been i'm taught teaching all about emotions and i actually wrote a definition for emotions okay it's it's it comes from the dictionary but <clears throat> it's also it has some added to it Uh, Emotions are those instinctive, often irrational, and almost always passionate vibrations we feel both in our body and in our soul. So when something happens, you have an emotion, right? And it does something in your body and in your thought. If something happens, something rises up. If you get a text and somebody says, somebody just left you a half a million dollars, you'd be like, whoa, I don't know if you hear anything else that was said today. And it would, it would shift something. Your emotions would rise up, and, and we have these emotions, and they are very similar to the emotions that God has because he's created us in his image, and he loves our emotions. What, what God doesn't do, God doesn't separate emotions out into good and bad emotions. He separates, he puts emotions as emotions, as indicator lights for us, as things to look at. And we'll talk more about that at, at, at another another um. Another time, but I think when BJ is here, what BJ does uh, in the in the environment, in the atmosphere, is BJ comes and brings a a, a passionate, emotional, and deeply spiritual response that we get to see for how God has loved him. Does that make sense? So he worships. We're not used to seeing that. We're used to seeing maybe a, a singer worship or a Christian dancer dance, and they're passionate with their body. But to sit and to to, to experience God's love and to express it back and to receive it and then to talk while you're doing all of that, that's a really unusual thing. Now, none of us mind walking into a room when our favorite team has won the Super Bowl or anything like that, right? We're, we're okay at being passionate, excited, describing the details, describing where we were when it happened. But we often struggle with the emotions of how much we love God and how much we're being loved by God. And I think that's, for me, is what the message on Psalms is getting at for me is to take my emotions and utilize them appropriately in my worship more and more and more. Now, I've been the one that for years, has said, well, I'm not very emotional, but if God made me in his image, then I have emotions that are meant to be expressed towards others and then towards him also. And that's an important, important thing. So I'm gonna say the, the rhythm is a strong, regular, repeated pattern of movement or sound. Now, all the messages are concentrated on emotions. So I want you to be able to feel your emotions. God wants you to be able to feel your emotions. God wants you to be able to feel the joy that you have of a friendship, the joy you have of something going well today. But he also wants you to feel the the despair when something goes bad. He doesn't want you to shove it down and say, be bold and be a man of faith or a woman of faith and be strong. And and when you feel fear or anxiety or when you feel hatred, he wants you to feel that hatred. He wants you to feel that emotion because until you can feel that emotion, if you can't feel it and describe it, you won't give it to him like we see in the poetry of the Psalms. So when you feel that lust and, or anger or greed, or maybe it's all, you feel it a lot all in one day because you're having a really bad, rotten day. What we do as Christians are like, oh, that's bad. Cut it off, cut it off, cut it off. High alert, high alert. Start praising God. Start doing something. But, but let your emotions go deep and dark for a moment. We see that in Psalms, specifically the first Psalm, Psalm 88 that I used. We see it in Psalms where they go way down. God's nowhere to be found. God won't even talk to me. God's not answering my text or my email or my Facebook. God is ghosting me. All right, just learned that term a few a month or so ago. Man, these twenty somethings sure know how to ghost you, and it's never their fault, is it? They're like, well, my phone, my Facebook, my such and such. Well, it got it got lost. It's like the dog ate my homework, sort of thing. But God, they, the 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 psalmist goes deep because they realize that. That unconditional love that God has for them means that as a kid, I get to say some really ridiculously untrue things about my father when I feel them because of life circumstances. And then only at that time do I then come up to the higher praise and come up to the reality of what's going on. Now, I'm going to skip some of this. Uh and we read Psalm 42, 5 to 11. Psalm 42, 5 to 11. It's what we started with this morning. So why my soul, verse five, why my soul are you downcast? Why does this, why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God for I will yet praise him, my savior and my God. If you have a pen, Under why so disturbed within me, just put a line there because these are two totally different things here in verse 5. Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Line. Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. Verse 6. My soul is downcast within me. Therefore, I will remember you. See, there's two different things. My soul is downcast. Put a line there. Separate. Therefore, I will remember you from the land of the Jordan, the heights of Hermon, from Mount Mazar. Seven Verse deep calls to deep in the roar of your waterfalls. All your waves and breakers have swept over me. By day, the Lord directs his love. At night, his song is with me. A prayer to the God of my life. I say to to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why must I go on about mourning oppressed by the enemy? My bones suffer mortal agony as my foes taunt me, saying to me all day long, where is your God? Why, my soul, are you so downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put a line there. There's no whole another thought coming. Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise Him, my Savior, my God. All right. So, when we're looking at this, this is a piece of poetry, and I love the imagery here. It's not just saying, "My soul, why do you feel bad about yourself?" This, this, the the imagery here that the poet is is using in the original language is. Why, my soul, are you making such a loud moaning, complaining noise, so loud that you're drowning out everything else in my life with moans that are like a roaring ocean? Did you have friends like that? They come and they start complaining to you, they start moaning, and it just is like it's like everything, is just a, a rush of everything's horrible, okay? And sometimes we feel that way, just everything just, it's just like vomiting on something. It's just, it's all, my, my soul is just in such bad shape. My soul is just feeling so horrible. I'm just thinking so unclear about my future, thinking so unclear about my past. It's just, everything is right dumped on me. It's loud, it's vicious, it's obnoxious, okay? My soul. And then... Please remember your soul is your, is in here is your, is your mind and your emotions. This is your, this is your non-spirit So You have body, soul, and then spirit. Okay. Our spirit is gets, is what gets saved. It becomes per- when the Lord looks at me, he doesn't say unless You have a perfect body and you're doing everything perfectly with your body. He doesn't say all your thoughts are perfect and in, in tune with me. He's saying your spirit is now perfect. You're a new creation. And you're becoming new in your mind, you're renewing your mind, and you're going to become new in your body when you get a renewed body, when this body is folded up and passed on to the earth, okay? That makes sense? So when we're talking soul, we're not talking spirit, we're talking soul. We're not talking flesh, we're talking soul. It's your mind and your emotions. All right, pinch yourself, just pinch yourself. That's your flesh, right? Your, your, your owl is your soul. So you pinch yourself, flesh, the, the response, the feeling, pinch the person next to you. Then you'll really feel your soul. Pinch him hard. <laughs> so that's your soul. And a lot of times what we do is we work on our flesh and want our flesh to line up, but our soul is not lined up. If we, but if we go to our spirit and we connect our spirit to his spirit and worship in belief, in conversation, in intimacy. When we read scripture, instead of list of don't do this, don't do that, we're like, I'm in perfect unity with him here. The clearer this gets, then my mind and my emotions begin to follow my spirit, which follows his spirit. And then as my mind and my emotion takes shape, uh, according to my spirit under his spirit, then my flesh begins to take shape. But if we go just to the flesh, we're going just to the works. You know you can have all good works according to your religion and still be a wicked wicked person. You can you can you can do all the things they tell you to do to be kind and still hurt people. The thing is we go as a Christian, we believe our spirit is the one that connects with God and then everything else prospers from that. So your emotions will say something like run and hide. Your emotions will say I I feel like God told me to do this but then your emotions rise up and tell you, no don't do that because it's too scary or you'll look too foolish or you'll you'll be too vulnerable. So the author is actually talking to himself here. Do you, do you see that? You say my soul. It would be if it would be me it would sound something like like this. Less, why are you so downcast? Why are you making such loud moaning noises about your life in the last year or the last month or what happened the news you got today? But what happens when you go here to five to five a is your spirit begins to talk, put your hope in God for I will yet praise him, my savior and my God. So your emotions here say right here, Is I am downcast. This is bad. I feel bad. I feel lonely. I feel rejected. But then your spirit is over here. Your spirit is saying, no, put your hope in God. And I I don't know if this is the right way. I had posted this before this morning on Facebook. It's, It's good when your spirit rebukes your soul. When your spirit quotes scripture to your soul, your mind is going nuts. I'm sick. I'm diseased. There's no hope for me. And your spirit says, wait, there's a resurrection. He is your healer. Speak to your body out of, out of Ezekiel and command those dry bones to live again. So what we, what, we, what we miss often is that it does start with my soul is downcast because our soul is what we experience day to day, right? We experience our emotions, our intellect. We experience people talking to us and we filter and we fill a lot of stuff. So, at that level, if we're trying to control that, if we're trying to figure all that out, we will go crazy. We'll go crazy. We'll have to either close off everybody speaking to us, or we'll have to agree with everybody and try to make everybody happy, or we'll have to hate everybody, or we'll have to falsely love everybody. But what it is is when we, when we're hearing, if we, if we can submit our emotions and our thoughts to the Spirit, to our Spirit, which is connected perfectly with His Spirit, man, life just becomes different in that flow. All right, and a lot of our problems, I would say, all of our lack is based on this right here: is that we. Don't seek ye first the kingdom or seek ye first the rule of God in my spirit so that it overflows and pushes out the negativity that's in me. That pulls us out the sinfulness in me, the acts of my soul, because my spirit is where all the work of the kingdom is done. Did you know that all of the work of the kingdom is done right here? And it actually, this is what's happened. It has been done and is done at the cross. I don't have to work anymore right here. My work here is to listen to him, is to listen to Holy Spirit, and then let this grow up in me and push that out of me. Okay, so your spirit should be rebuking your soul. And I thought about that. How does that sound? Because your spirit is meant to be your leader, not your mind. Well, I thought I should do this. It doesn't matter what you thought. Well, I felt it doesn't matter what you felt. And we justify a lot of spiritual things we do or don't do on I felt. Well, I felt like it was okay for me to leave my wife because I felt unhappy in my marriage. And I thank God will blank. This all, none of it's true. It's all what I felt, I thought based on my soul to help my flesh get whatever it wanted. So we let our flesh lead our mind and our emotions often, and our spirit's over here crying out desperate, desperate to be heard, desperate to be heard. And when it's heard and it's following him, things go so much better. So here, here's, here's how despair might sound. I don't have any friends. Your, your spirit speaking to your soul saying I don't have any friends is God is my friend. See how that that switches everything because if you have – I think James Harden's a basketball player. That sounds ridiculous. If you have James Harden as your friend and he's showing up to your parties and he's coming over and you're living in his house and you're hanging out with James Harden, the basketball player, I think he's the most famous guy on the Rockets because he's the only guy I know. But if you have him as your friend, you're not super concerned about having a couple other friends, are you? Because that friend has so much provision for you, even socially, in all the wrong ways and all the right ways. And so if, I, if, I, if my soul says I don't have any friends, my spirit goes, you've got Jesus as a friend. And it's like, "Woo!" it's like something changes because, because that's the bigger, higher truth. Is that Jesus is my friend, and if Jesus is my friend, I'm living with him. He's living in me. I'm going to be living with him, but my benefits start right now. They start now. They don't start later. They start now, and then I begin to believe that, and I see my friendlessness, even if I don't have any friends really. That doesn't matter. The fact that I don't have friends is irrelevant in the spirit because as soon as soon as soon as I allow my spirit to speak to my soul, then it begins, it begins to drive my soul to have potential to have good quality friendships. All right? Because my spirit is so in tune with the Holy Spirit. And Jesus does want to be your friend. I remember when the guy from Lakewood Church came out with I'm a friend of God. I hated that song. I was offended by that song. Nobody's God's friend. You know, then you read in the Bible. It's like, oh, man. But it's, they have, got that, have that wrong. Can't be God's friend. We're God's this and this, but not as and so. But those those things of intimacy and closeness that the Spirit speak to us are often offensive to our intellect, offensive to even how we've even how we've experienced life. You know, somebody that goes into counseling for marriage and they've had maybe a real strong, mean, maybe even a heartless mom. And then their dating didn't go super well, and they found a woman that they thought was going to be right. Or it could be a man, and they come in. And, but what they do is they have, they have like this experience here in the flesh and in their, in their emotions and their soul of men being bad to them or women being bad to them. All right? And so they've either devalued themselves as a man or a woman or they've devalued men or women. Outside of them, it's either one. So, but when we begin to look at it from the spirit, we begin to see that God, God's creation is amazing. That means both men and women are amazing. And my, ex, in my experience, I got it wrong, not God. I got it wrong, not God. By the way, I'm always the one that gets it wrong, never God. Religion gets it wrong all the time. By the way, religion is a is a brutal thing, and I, I am for. Good religion that moves you forward in the in in like some some attendance, some study, some community, some works together. I'm all for that. So, doing me that wrong. So, um, I'm always tired. I'm always so tired. Versus, I can gain strength by waiting on God and start waiting on God. It's like I'm right here and I'm experiencing fatigue in my body. I'm experiencing fatigue maybe in my emotions or even in my mind. But over here, it says, Wait, I'm experiencing that, but. Praise God! If I wait on Him, I think that's if I physically wait on Him, I'll be renewed in my strength. If I emotionally wait on Him, and give Him my emotions, I'll be renewed and restored in my intellect. And then this last one is more of a broad one. I hear this so much. The world is such a bad place. Well, get this. It says all over Scripture. This is this is out of Psalm. I think it's Psalm twenty-five. I'm not sure. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. When you call the earth a bad, wicked place, you're calling the, 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 the Lord's domain a bad and wicked place. You're calling his people. He just, oh, I hate, I hate humans. Humans are so blank. It drives me nuts. I don't have a good response yet on Facebook. But humans are, God loves you. You're calling 7 billion people. I don't like most humans. But God's saying, I love all those humans. So in your flesh, you might have experienced some negativity from humans. In your mind and your emotions, you might be experiencing some some trauma about your emotion about about the world or about people. But in this realm over here, spiritually, is man. This place is amazing. God is doing awesome things, and He loves seven point something billion people in this world. He loves even my enemies. So when we think that it's, it, it's coming from a different place, so the the spirit is saying. Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. And I'd like to amplify better for this this verse 5, the last part of verse 5. It says, hope in God and wait expectantly for him, for I shall again praise him for the help of his presence. Remember, whenever it says the help of his presence or his face it means his countenance is looking upon you shining upon you and uh, meaning his glory meaning the fullness of who he is he will show up in fact he's probably already in your situation but if you're so concentrated on seeing life through your soul or through your flesh you won't see him made manifest in your life and then you'll act like He's not there, and you'll pray like he's not there, and you'll do things like he's not there, and I don't mean sinful things. We do that when, when we say, oh, I'm going to do this so God will bless me, and what happens is we start, and he does it so we divert into some sinfulness, but what we also do, which is equally as damaging, we divert into religion. God's not moving. I haven't experienced his presence, so therefore I'm going to quit believing that his presence is possible and just live out born religion. Or I believe in healing, but I'm not yet healed, all right? So I'm going to step into religion that says I have to go through all of these tricks in order to get healed and maybe wait my turn instead of just being simple, being foolish, being like children and just saying, Dad, this is what this, Dad said to pray for those who are sick to be physically healed and to believe that they'll be healed. So that's what I will do because Dad said it in the spiritual realm. That's how I will operate, even when I'm standing here and my wife is home sick and not off the, not off her bed for since Thursday night. <laughs> but it, that, that, that's the, the physical part of my life is really, don't get me wrong, what you're experiencing physically. It's, good. it's a bummer sometimes, right? I mean, it's really hard. And what you're dealing sometimes with your emotions is really difficult, but it, 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 it all begins to dissipate. It all begins to be less important when you, when, you, when you choose and you fight to be right here in belief in the spirit realm. Think about those people that got burnt at the stake. And there 's a fox 's Book of Martyrs. they get burnt at the stake and they 're singing they 're praising God they are and they don 't even feel the pain because your mind is so powerful that what you focus on will that what you focus on will determine your experience that you have in your mind and your emotions and in your body that 's why you can go to Navy seal training, and some guys. The pain is they just rise up and go over it, right? Very few do, but it's like, it's like they're experiencing it a different way. Because why? Not because their bodies are different. It's because their mindset is different. Their belief is different. And we're Christians, so we have a different belief. Now, uh, verse 6, my soul is downcast within me. Therefore, I will remember you. My soul is downcast Lying, that's my 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 soul is speaking. Therefore, I will remember you, is your spirit speaking. From the land of the Jordan to the heights of Hermon, from Mount, from Mount Miser. Now, now, typically, what happens when you're downcast? You tell someone, they agree with you that you should be downcast, right? Something happens to you, so, something happens to you. Any, anything It could be somebody passes away, you lose your job, you get sick, you get some bad news, you just feel bad, you have a memory you can't get over, you got shame somewhere, so you've got it in your soul here, you dwell on it, you share it with somebody, and they agree, man, that is awful, you should feel bad. And then they let us sit in that my soul is downcast moment. And I think it's okay to sit in that, this is not good. I had a friend that had got diagnosed with um, a disease and first time I saw him I said with him man this is awful he looked at me like it's like this is this is really rough man I feel so bad you're going through this and and then and then and that was for five minutes then we're like so now now what do we do but what we do as Christians is we're like we're like living from a different space so I have a disease. I recognize I have a disease, uh, that I'm sick, or that I'm poor, or that I'm I'm addicted. We recognize that. We don't not recognize that. But we don't just look at it from the intellect and go, now how do I solve my poverty problem? How do I solve my, my disease problem? What medicine do I need to take? What exercise do I need to do? How do I need to change my diet? We can do those things, but we don't do those things until we see it from the spirit over here and then our spirit informs those things but what happens we often have our flesh and our soul inform the spirit i will not rejoice because i don't feel good the spirit's over here going i'm going to rejoice i want to rejoice the spirit wants to rejoice and as your body physically and your mind and your emotions engage in that rejoicing engage in that joy engage in that peace of heaven that your spirit's connected to then these things actually change and then out of that out of that belief that God has good things for you, then you search out what should I eat, what should I do, what should I exercise, what job should I take. But it seek you first the kingdom connection of spirit to spirit first. Does that make sense? That 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 first, always first, always first. Now it it applies also, so you're here depressed. But you say you say you're fearful. Um fear is a huge presence in the church today fear is keeping us from from being vibrant fear is keeping us from excitement fear is keeping us from the life we really really want to live and fear is hardly ever called fear anymore we call it i was anxious i was worried or i was thinking or i felt those are almost always fear statements that allow us to release from what we heard in the spiritual realm, so I had somebody at at one of the Bethel at the Bethel meeting at our house somebody had a word super spiritual connect right so it was just one sentence rat, rat, something happened there. What they did is they took that word and they began to think about it, they began to process it. they made a list of some things that out of that word could be things that they go after out of one sentence. And then what they did, they got settled with some of that. They talked to a few people, not to me. And then then physically, they made a couple phone calls. They checked into a couple things. See, that's how it's supposed to be driven from over here. It's not supposed to be driven from over here. I don't know what to do with my life. Well, now, now maybe I could do this. And then we tell the kingdom, hey, kingdom, this is what I want to do with my life. This is the ministry I want. This is what I want to do. This is what I want it to look like. We start from over here. And, it, and then it pushes over here. This, the spiritual realm, informs my mind and my emotions. And then my, then that, in partnership, or not in partnership, but under the leadership of my spirit, connected to the Holy Spirit, then I begin to do things physically. And that's how, that's, how, that's how addiction is meant to go away. That's how you're supposed to lose weight, by the way. That's how you're supposed to increase your income, by the way. That's how you're supposed to start ministry. That's how you're supposed to have more friends. Because what happens is like you're over here, you're saying, you probably have friends, but you probably want some good friends. And I, I mean, I, I, I want you to have some good friends. You don't need many but you need them for each season of life. You're over here and your soul is crying out, God, I want a good friend. I want somebody I could do be a pray with or do blank with or this. And I want somebody that can encourage me and I can encourage them that I grow old with or not a spouse but a friend. And then you're like, then, but you're over, you're, you're, your soul is crying out, but you go over here and say, God's my friend. God's my friend. This is amazing. God's my friend. So if God's my friend and I'm all God's always my friend in every room I walk into, I got my friend God with me. So I'm over here now in my mind. My mind is different when I show up for an event, right? Because my best friend's with me and he's awesome. And maybe you might not be able to see him, but he's always talking to me. So I come in, I come in even in my emotions and my intellect in a different, a different way. And then physically, when I'm around people, I'm different with people. Maybe, maybe I hug them when I would never hug them. Maybe I look them in the eye. Maybe I'm free enough to like crack a joke or tell a story. Because storytelling in a group is a big, is a big, big freedom move, by the way. To tell a joke or to tell a story and to, you know, to to do that in a room is a big deal. But it starts from over here because if you're here in in your soul and you keep telling, I don't have any friends, then you'll act like you don't have any friends and that you might not be worth being a friend to, all right? So it goes back to the spiritual realm here. And I think that practically the spiritual realm is something that we don't understand the whole story of how much God loves you. It was funny this morning, I I woke up and uh, this sounds a little bit, I mean, for me, This for some of you, it's not weird at all. But I've, I just feel like God really loves me, you know. And I woke up at 5 o'clock, which if, I think if he loved me a lot, he would have let me sleep till my alarm at 7.15. But I've been up for like months now between 3 and 5 o'clock and staying up. And uh, my family teases me for going to bed like at 9.15 on those nights. I am tired. But I was like really and, and I, I was I was feeling like I was feeling God's love for me. Instead of instead of going, whoa man, this is awesome. Thank you, God. It was like, it was like, why do you love me so much? Which sounds right, right? But it's really false humility. It's really like, wait, I'm not receiving your love. No, why do you love me so much? Why are you giving why do you want to give that to me? Why do you like me? I know, I know who I am. You should not like me. And what we do in our soul, we hear the spirit speak to us, and we translate it with our soul. No, I know who I am. I know how I am. I know that Wednesday night I was mad as a hornet. That's an old saying. If you don't know what a hornet is, as a yard guy, I've been stung by plenty of hornets, and they do sound. They do feel mad when they come, and they like get you. I was super mad. I was like, I was like, I was like, super judgy. And my wife basically hit me in the face and stopped it with some words she said. And, um, and she was so right. And I, just, I could feel jumbled for a while. You know, when you're going in this direction with your soul like, and I'm saying these things and my wife is like, boom, and it's like, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. And then it like, it like, helped me come right over here into the spiritual realm. But when God says, I love you and we say, oh, well, why would you love me? If you knew me, you wouldn't love me that way. That's speaking to him out of our soul. Like I've experienced myself in the flesh, God, you maybe don't understand how I am. God, I know what I'm thinking. I know what I deal with. So maybe you should withhold your love until I make myself better. Yeah, how that works? That's like, but but it's over here. It's, no, it's like like and he, I, I changed it like in about three minutes. I think like why do you love me? To uh, I wrote it down here. Um, thanks for loving me so much. It was di- it was a whole different thing. It was a whole because thanks for loving me so much just receives it all. Hey. God's over here speaking, say, hey, I want to buy, buy you dinner. No, no, I can afford dinner on my own. No, no, I want to buy you dinner. I don't deserve dinner. No, 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 I want to buy you dinner. No, no, I'm not going to eat tonight because well, I ate so much at lunch. It's just we, we always go on and on and on. We talk to the, to the spirit, to God speaking to us so much from our flesh, so much from who, who we are in our soul and not from our spirit. So that, that being depressed or anxious or lustful or hateful or greedy or judgmental, do not push those things down because they don't get pushed out of you. They just get pushed deeper into you. And they manifest in your physical bodies, by the way, your hate, your greed, your anger, your bitterness. It's a disease in the soul that will go into the disease of your physical body, of your brain. All right, I think I'm going to. I know I'm going to end right there, and I will probably put more of this on a uh, Facebook. I'm going to end with this, with this idea here that when it, when in the spirit, when you, when you're talking to God, it will almost always start from a place of your flesh, God. I need a job. I need a house. I don't know how I'm going to make my bills next month. That's a physical thing, right? That's a thing. you we And we should. And you should never let anybody say, oh, don't only turn to God when you're in trouble. My kids only turn to me when they're in trouble. He's totally okay with that. And that's where it starts. The more you turn to him when you're in trouble as you get older, the more you build a trust with him. I need this. But you then you don't go here and figure out why. Well, I know, why, I know why I'm not getting blessed because I did this. You're judging your actions or your circumstance or your fruit instead of letting him judge your circumstances and your fruit, which it's appropriate. When he judges it, it'll be on a spiritual thing. It'll be a deep thing, and you will actually then grow up out of it. So God you just say, God, I don't know how I'm going to make my bills. Over here, you begin to feel a certain way. I feel bad. I feel, I don't know I, what all those things you'd feel like you're not enough. You'll never have enough. Whatever you start projecting in faith that this experience here is how my experiences will always be. Okay? But what you want, what you want to do is you want to go here. Then you pray. Your prayer might be, I'm disturbed. I'm bothered. This is horrible. I'm embarrassed. I can't believe this is happening to me again. And But you get there. But the sooner, and I don't don't stuff any of that down, don't don't not ask, don't stuff any of this down, but always step over here to your spirit and hear and, and, and ask from your spirit. I feel embarrassed. I'm in lack again. What should I know about that? It's really it's, 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 it's really that way. It it sounds simple. This is hard to do. It's hard to walk spiritually because religion demands that we walk according to our actions and our flesh. The world judges us like crazy, Christians. I mean, I mean, just judges us people. And so the thing is, is that when we're talking to God, we're moving somewhere. It starts with my hip hurts. It starts with my jaw hurts. Start starts with maybe with my wallet is super thin, and it comes over here. But we don't stop here. We don't need to ask a bunch of friends. What we need to do when the Lord begins to talk to us right here then we begin to ask friends and gain some wisdom of principles and then walk it out but if you seek first the kingdom it's an old and a new testament principle if you seek first him you seek first the spiritual then it'll and, and if you're actually seeking the spiritual I don't mean the fuzzy wuzzy just the mystical but if you're seeking relationally with him it will overflow into how you think every thought is based on a thought that's why the bible doesn't have hardly anything about emotions except for in the psalm it has all about your thoughts it doesn't say say ever say take every emotion captive it says take every thought captive because your thoughts produce your emotions you're not feeling something except you're having a thought about something and maybe we'll get to that some other time. Then you have this feeling, but this, this allow this to inform it and to clean it up and to begin to shape it. So you keep looking back here. Are my thoughts coming from the kingdom? Are my thoughts coming from the kingdom? Are these, these kingdom thoughts producing feelings that are conducive to having me act in a certain way? Because all of your actions come from what? How you feel. They come from how you feel. We act upon how we feel. You've, you, you, mo- m- most of us, oh, that I, okay. All right, so just go ahead and stand. So just touch somebody next to you, and just you can you can say this out loud. You can just agree. So, Father God, we just in Jesus' name, we just uh, we just in Jesus' name by the by the power of the Holy Spirit, with the presence of God, we just we just um, defilter. Our ears, Father God, so that it's not just our soul that we're hearing. Spirit, spirit, spirit. We're hearing you, Father God. We're hearing you in Jesus' name. We just cut off the filters of our ears. We cut off when somebody hears us that we hear. Judge, when somebody speaks to us, we hear judgment, or we hear we hear uh, condemnation, or we hear shame, or we hear respond that we have to be responsible to make them happy. Whatever those filters are, we just cut them off, and we say, "Man, we've got our ears digitally tuned into you." And in Jesus' name, we just we just we just speak death to the glaze over our eyes to the to the shackles on our eyes father god so that that we don't just see physically with our physical sense father god but but primarily when we're looking at at things we're looking with spiritual eyes and we've have those we don't need spiritual eyes we don't need spiritual ears, we have them and we ask you to unlock them in jesus name and that we walk in such ways that we keep them unlo- unlocked And we thank you for that. We thank you that you made us body, soul, and spirit. We thank you for our flesh. We thank you for the, 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 the way you've made us, the height. We thank you for the age we are. We thank you for how we're aging. And we say we want more. We want a more, a fuller at every age that we are, vibrancy, a wholeness in who we are and our bodies. And we thank you for how you made us feel. We thank you for our emotions. We thank you for the way we think, that each of us would think and feel differently according to how you made us, but it would be in alignment with our spirit, which is in alignment with you. We just thank you for that. We bless our flesh. We bless our emotions. We bless our thoughts. Just bless the person's emotions and thoughts and body next to you. Just uh, thank you in Jesus' name for how you made this person. Thank you for how you made them read scripture and what they see in scripture. Just thank you for their gift of who they are as a person. Outside of any other gift in the Bible, we just thank you for them being a gift to us in Jesus' name. Mostly this morning, all fully at the very foundation, the very number one, is our spirit, Father God. We thank you for how you create us as spiritual beings. We thank you for that you created us actually for us to live into eternity. And when we blew it, you made a way for us to continue out your purpose and to continue out your design as people who live into eternity. We thank you for that. And we wanna start living now out of that idea of eternity. We don't wanna wait till later we don't want to wait till we die we want to start doing that right now so that eternity that spiritual thing will will inform and will be led by that we will no longer be led by our our emotions or our mind or our flesh just thank you for that god just rock our world with seeing spiritual and the practical areas let us have let us have let us have the answers from the kingdom for the things around us from the things of of wealth and weight loss and relationships to the things of of spiritual gifts and ministry and helping the world around us. We just thank you. We love you. We thank you for all you're doing in in and through us and for us. Amen.